Hello and welcome back for episode three of Jocks of All Trades. Excited to get things going. We got a lot of different topics today, a lot going on. Uh, and today's episode is brought to you by three different sponsors. Introducing your first sponsor, that is me, Connor Lynch. Now, introducing your second sponsor, it is also me, but this one is Tyus Welter. Uh, and then we're going to kick it over and give a special shout out to our third and most important sponsor. Um, thank you to the collection plate at Tommy McAndrews' Youth Group Mass. Uh, thanks, Tommy, and all you kids for, for donating to our cause. Um, money well spent. Let's go. I'm awesome. No, you're not, dude. Don't lie. I'm awesome. I'm driving around in my mom's ride. I'm awesome. A quarter of my life gone by, and I met all my friends online. Okay, so this is uh, is something that we seem to have a recurring theme of here, and that is a bad Mizzou football loss. Uh, tough to swallow, ugly game all around, uh, fell in overtime to Auburn 17-14. Tyus, what's, what's your reaction to that loss? Uh, it was up there with one of the worst Mizzou losses of any sport, um, and boy, that's a long list that I've experienced in my short six years as a fan of, of Mizzou sports. Um, and, and it really broke your heart in a lot of different ways because obviously it started off where they just jumped on us up 14, nothing looked like the defense couldn't stop anybody again. And it was going to be a long day down in Alabama. Um, but then like it, things turned around and, and we started stopping them with their backup and sometimes third string quarterback, but we can ignore that for now. Um, we started getting stops. Uh, the offense looked like it was clicking. We were making plays, huge fourth down conversion to tie the game right before half. Um, so like all the momentum is on our side, we're tied, like bad start, but we can wash it. And like, let's go win this game on the road, especially because this is such a game or this is such an important game for us to like, you know, maybe make a bowl because that was still a goal uh, for me at least. Um, and then just the amount of things that had to go wrong for us to lose that game was just miserable. Like, so obviously like we're going down to win with time running down the clock, this great drive when our offense hasn't moved the ball all half, we get it down to like the two yard line with a minute left. And instead of running and trying to score with a running back, um, we decided just like to back up a few yards, get the centered and kick a field goal with our all American kicker, which like, you know, seems safe. But, I mean, two yards and a run play is also pretty safe, and why not just put it away while you can uh, is my take. Um, but maybe Coach Drink was, you know, on to something ahead of time. Um, and so, the, it was, so, obviously, so don't go for the win on running it. Then just missing the field goal. Um, I don't know. Do you want to talk about the field goal miss? Because I have never been more stunned in my life, and I know Mavis is your guy. So did you want to hop in there? Yeah, I mean it. It was it was tough to watch. I was at a bar watching this at the uh, for the first half, and we had the you know end of the half. Auburn's trying to kick the field goal or whatever. We jump offside. They miss it. We jump off sides. They miss it yes. again. And it was one of those things where the whole time I was just good vibes, preaching confidence. He's going to miss this one left. Called it perfectly, and we get down to the two yard line. And I listened to the post conference interview with or post game interview with Drink. And he mentioned, you know, wanting to, to get rid of their timeouts so they didn't have any chance. And I don't hate that, that approach. But where mm -hmm. I thought they went wrong is after you do the first 
play and they're out of timeouts now to still just sit on the ball and, and waste time. Yes. Once they're out of timeouts, it was down to like, what, 30 seconds? At least instead of just taking another knee on third down, just try to run it on third down at least and, and see if you can get seven. But didn't do that. Yeah. And uh, I am telling you, I again, I was good vibes all first half. I had the worst feeling inside of me as he stepped up to kick that. And you can talk about the the failing to warm up or whatever it is. There's a, a lot I was of bring that up. But, you know, I, I don't think that matters. Uh, like, I'm not too upset about that. But, yeah, I, I honestly did not have a good feeling going into it. And it was just the second that happened, it was just a, a affirmation, confirmation that Mizzou is cursed as a, as a program. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those things where had it been a 30 or 40-yard field goal, I wouldn't have been nervous at all. I'd be like, okay, like, this is just routine. You know, it'd be understandable if you miss it, so he's going to lock in. But the fact that it was an extra point length, like has he missed a single extra point since he's been the kicker at Mizzou? I don't think. I think that, that was his shortest miss. I don't. I don't know about extra points, but I think that was his shortest missed actual field goal. Yeah, I, I. I don't remember watching him miss an extra point, and so yeah, yeah. It's just like you just knew it was like this is too easy. There's no way something's got to go wrong. Um, and it looked kind of good as it was going over the goalpost too. He even like, celebrated uh, a little bit. Like you <laughs> saw him kind of like celebrate, and then oh shit. Yeah, it was bad. But then that it doesn't stop there. It was it was tied, so we got to go to overtime. And yeah. again, hold him to a field goal, jump off sides. And so they get a second try. Well, they miss that first one, make the second one. And even then, we're like, okay, we held him to three. This should be good. What was it, the first or second play? Uh, Nathaniel Pete. Second play. Bust long run down the sideline. And I think we we both talked about this. He did not even need to extend the ball. He could have just ran right in. A little bit. But he tries to extend it, fumbles it. Auburn recovers for a touchback. And, yeah, I I knew that watching it live that it was a fumble, but I just kept watching the replay, hoping that there would be some angle that made it look like he might have crossed the goal line. Uh, But there certainly wasn't. So (laughs) just a, a terrible way for that to end. Yeah, no, it, it, it was out, and I, I was doing the same thing. I was hoping, like, oh, maybe he stepped out of bounds first, or, you know, maybe there was uh, some penalty or something, just praying for something. Um, and, yeah, you're right. He, the dude could have just, like, kept the ball tucked and fallen over like a limp fish towards the goal line, and, and he would have gotten in. He, I don't know what he was doing. Um, but, yeah, just all those combinations. We even had a pick that got called back in overtime that would have sealed it, too, so even the fumble wouldn't have mattered. Um yeah, I think it's just you chalk this one up to Mizzou is, is cursed, like you said. Um, but I did want to ask you real quick before we move on, um, the warming up for for Mavis. I, I agree you said, like, it's not a big concern, and it seems like that's something he normally does. Um, do you think, like, is there any other, like, high-level athlete or high-level, like, any profession that could get away with not warming up before they do something like that and, and be as successful as Mavis? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. It's one of those things I, I really haven't seen much about, like, whether he does that every field goal, just doesn't warm up. Um, so I don't know if that's, like, his, his MO for every single time. But it's one of those where I think you can kind of, you know, a starting pitcher in the MLB with a shorter bullpen or relief pitchers even just, just like, I know there are at least at lower levels, there's a lot of guys that don't like to actually pitch in their bullpen or at least just throw a few pitches, but they're mostly just warming up their arm, throwing it. So I don't know. I, I think there's a lot to be said about, like, you just want to be comfortable and do what you normally do. 
So can't can't really speak to that without knowing what his his typical stuff is. So yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I was just picturing you know Steph Curry not shooting around before a game and still chopping, and it's, that would just be like an incredible feat. But I digress. Um, and so so we had the Mizzou game missing the field goal for the win. We had some other games with missed field goals for the win. Uh, Arkansas losing to Texas A&M is top of mind. Uh, love to mention anytime the the Hogs lose. Um, so that that's going to lead us to our our hypothetical for the week. Uh, and this hypothetical is: What would be an appropriate punishment for a kicker? And does he miss the game winning field goal um, and cost the team the game? So Connor, do you want to just kind of go back and forth here and you you tell us your first punishment that he has to do? Yeah, so I uh, since I had this one lower on my list, but since we were just talking about it, um, kind of contradicts what I just said. But I think one one fair punishment would just be to politely ask them to warm up before their next field goal. Uh, <laughs> I think that would be you know not not too harsh, uh, but something that would be appropriate. Yeah, I I like it. I like it. Um, my first one is just five push-ups on the field in front of the entire stadium. Um, like, you know how like a DB, if he drops an interception, he just drops down, gives me five, like, you know, Oh, my bad. Yep. I think it'd be so funny to have the kicker do that one, because just like the magnitude of the event is so much more, he missed a game winner than like a dropped interception. So it'd be hilarious to see him just like, Oh, all right, my bad. I got the next one, five P's. Um, but also I think, I don't know, it'd be funny to see a kicker even try to do five pushups in the, in the middle of the field. I think that would just be entertainment for everyone watching especially Mevis. Yeah, that'd be a sight to see. So, um, if you don't mind, I might go ahead and go too, because they they come from the same cloth. Great. Um, these are two things that I yell to pretty much any college athlete when they do something wrong. Uh, one is take his scholarship away. And the second is he should be shot. So, you know, a little extreme, I think for a kicker, just like either like so really close paintball gun to the arm or, you know, depending on how short the field goal is, less than 30 yards, maybe an actual bullet wound to the arm um, <laughs> would be would be appropriate. And then, yeah, I think, again, just take the scholarship away. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't solve your kicking problems for the future, but I think you feel good about it afterwards, which, you know, a little retributive retri- justice there. Um, my next one is that he has to play on the soccer team for the rest of the season. Oh, God. That's a good one. Uh, definitely a punishment. And uh, again, would love to see Nevis out there on the pitch running around. <laughs> oh, you know he'd bomb him from like midfield just right past the goalie. Yeah, I think uh, mine might have been a little harsher here, but my last one is that they, they need to get a vasectomy. Um, <laughs> there's just clearly no clutch gene in those bloods. So the genes altogether should, should not move forward in the, in the natural progression of life. Wow. Uh, you and I might have some different impressions of kickers, Connor, because my next punishment is that the kicker has to sit next to the cheerleaders on the bus ride home. Um, if he misses the kick, I just, you know, don't think kickers are going to be spitting a lot of game, especially after they, they lost the game. So, I think that would be an awkward, uh, unfortunate time for them to spend three hours next to a bunch of pretty girls. Uh, and my last one uh, is going to be the walk of shame from Game of Thrones through campus. So Cersei, you know, very famously gets stripped naked, has to walk through King's Landing with the person behind her ringing the bell. Shame, shame, shame. Um, so I think that would be an appropriate punishment for kickers. Just let them know 
never again uh, to miss that field goal. Um, so uh, those are all of our punishments. And so like a kicker on Connor's college football team, um, if he misses a game-winning field goal, we are all wrapped up, and that's going to do it for our segment. So, so uh, thank you guys for listening. That's college football. Start two, one, boost ignition, and liftoff of the space shuttle discovery, returning to the space station. All right, we're going to transition into our random internet hypothetical of the week. And this week, we've got a little tidbit coming to us from our friends at NASA uh, from over in Houston. Uh, apparently, these guys discovered a new planet in a far-off galaxy that is very similar to Earth-like tendencies. The planet's a lot like Earth, but the only difference is that instead of water, its oceans are filled with lava. So kind of crazy. Uh, so to get into that, um, we're going to do a little this or that, similar to what we did last week with the Queen of England. But this week, the question is, if you had to choose two different subject or substances to be filling up the oceans of Earth, choose between the two substances, which would make a cooler ocean. Does that make sense, Connor? Yeah, yeah. So we'll give each other two options, and then you pick one of those two options. Great, All great. Right, cool. Would you like to give the options first? Sure. I'll start with one that is uh, not, not creative at all, just a pretty basic uh, question. But interested to hear what you think. Would you rather our oceans be as they are with salt water, or would you rather them be fresh water? I like this one. Um, I think the answer is pretty clearly fresh water, right? Just because you can drink fresh water, um, and that solves the problem of, you know, not having access to drinking water in the earth. Um, I don't really know what the benefit of salt water is on its own, other than it might make ships more buoyant or, you know, the density. Um but I mean, today's day and age, how often are we really using ships even to begin with? So yeah, give me, give me fresh water. 100%. Yeah, I think that's fair. Fair. I'd say only pros for salt water in my mind, the smell, like being on the beach and the smell mm -hmm. of the salt water makes you feel like you're somewhere different than at a lake. And I think there's like some animals that can only live in salt water, right? Yeah, that sounds right. And I, I guess you lose shit about the animals, but. <laughs> I guess you also lose salt, salts or sea salt like potato chips, or I feel like there's yeah. sea salt caramel too. That's yeah. a big loss. I hadn't thought about that. Wendy's um, fries. Oh shoot! Oh, you should have me second guessing myself <laughs> now. But you know what? I'm a humanitarian. I'm going to stick with the fresh drinking water. Yeah, um, the altruism is is showing today, Tyus. Yeah, credit to me. You know, I'll be the bigger man here. Uh, just looking out for for my fellow neighbor over myself. Uh, I kind of want a similar route on my first question, so I'll be interested in your thoughts here. Uh, my question is, would you rather have the oceans be fresh drinking water or beer? Okay, that is a good one. Uh, I, uh, I think I would have to go with drinking water, fresh drinking water. Here's the deal. Wow. Beer is good, but there's something about beer – being able to just hold a can in water, can of beer in water, is like one of the best mm -hmm. feelings. And like I've never swam in water, but I feel like it would be a little uncomfortable. It would be sticky. The smell would not be delightful. Um, so I, I would go with the fresh water. And beer is meant to be drank, not to be swam in. So I, I know you can go take a cup and fill it up, but that doesn't doesn't appeal to me too much. Yeah, 
I, I love that answer. And another thing I was thinking about too, when I made this question is that you got the sun beating down on the ocean all day long and you know, the water stays relatively cold, but I mean, how terrible it would be if there's just an ocean full of warm beer, drinking, it wouldn't be fun. Swimming in it would be terrible. So credit to you. Just a couple of great guys here looking out for the environment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. My next one for you, uh, ice cream or gasoline? <laughs> so no swimming, um, I would think in this one, but just just what would be a better option for you? Uh, this is tough because I think my gut says ice cream, but I think about the sun beating down again, and then it would it might all melt, and that would just take away the fun of it all. Um, the other thing is with with gasoline, uh, that would just smell terrible, awful. That was one uh, thing I thought of for sure. And I'd like to think that eventually. You know, maybe it's 50 years, maybe it's 200 years. We move away from, you know, gas-powered energy in some capacity. And so think about just, so it'd be nice for the resources now, but if you fast forward a certain number of years and you're not using the gas and it's just sitting there sticking up your environment. Um, so I'm going to go with ice cream. Yeah, I like that. Flashback to uh, Greta, our girl Greta Thunberg would be proud of this. You're, you're very environmental <laughs> in your first two answers, so. You know, yeah, I kept her alive last week and, you know, I'm doing her work this week. So, so Greta, I know you're a big listener. Uh, I got your back. <laughs> All right. Uh, my next one for you um, is, would you rather the ocean be filled with a giant portal that takes you to a random part of the globe? So you don't know where you're going in it, but you just jump in and you like jump in from Florida, arrive on the shores of Korea or something like that. So a portal or fondue? Will the portal take me to another coastal town to where I could just jump back in the ocean? Yes, yes. Okay. But there's lots of coastal towns, right? Right, but that, that, yeah. I can just keep jumping in. So I think that makes my answer. I would do the portal. Um, I think that's really cool. I love the game like in elementary school where you would spin the globe and then have your finger like tracing around yes. outside of the globe. Um, but the reason I asked that is sometimes you'd get like the middle of Africa or like Kazakhstan or something. And uh, that would not be fun. Uh, and especially if you had to travel hundreds of miles to get back to a new portal. But if it's on the coast, I'll do that. Uh, I was pretty much zoned in once you, once you threw that out as an option and fondue, frankly, I'm, I'm not too much of a fan of, I think it's, I think it's a, all, uh, all a show no substance there so yeah okay that's fair yeah i i would have picked the portal one too uh that was i think my favorite answer and it was really hard for me to think of uh a, a worthy opponent to it so yeah. i agree yeah there we go okay uh i've got two more one of them would you rather the oceans be filled with jello or bubble wrap oh bubble wrap lock it in uh, not even question just the satisfaction of popping the bubbles and knowing that you'll never run out because there's a whole ocean full of bubble wrap um yeah and i think it's similar to your fondue point i think jello is a, is a big fraud in terms of desserts um i just don't think it's that good so yeah bubble wrap so i i can get that with the taste of jello i personally am a fan but i get that it's i, I think it is maybe a little overhyped but i was thinking about just like jumping in and playing in jello and a whole mess of jello <laughs> Jello fights. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, but take this into your little tickler file here. Um, you know how they do cliff jumping into the waters now? 
Yes. Think about how awesome that would be into bubble wrap. Like you're at the top of this, but 80 foot cliff and you just do a cannonball and are just ensconced by bubble wrap. Sure. You can do that in jello too, but there's the risk that you like go into the jello and can't get back out. I don't want that. Um, so I'm sticking with bubble wrap. That, yeah, that's a, that's a good point there. So, all right. You've convinced me. I'd probably take bubble wrap too. Let's go. All right. Uh, next one. Um, so I, I started thinking about things you could swim in as well. Um, and there are two kind of expressions that I feel like people always say, oh, that guy's swimming in X. So they are one, oh, that guy's swimming in money. Or two, that guy's swimming in women. So oceans, money or women, which would you choose? Um, okay, this, this, this is, uh, it took me a second, but this is maybe the easiest <laughs> easiest answer ever and it not not please don't balk me let me hear me out i'm thinking women Bob. but uh listen if it's a if there's a whole ocean of money what has joe biden taught us other than inflation you know you can't have too much money out there too many dollars or, or everything's going to become worthless any joe schmo could just walk to the ocean and, and grab a couple g's my money becomes less valuable i don't want that but this is a perfect solution for me because Unlike money where the value comes in its scarcity, the value <laughs> in women is is the bounty of them and and the options. And you can try new things, try new pickup lines. And, and if if you, you miss one, what can I say? There's still more fish in the sea. That was unscripted. Oh, uh, you beat me to that. I was, gonna, I was literally about to say that. Um, but yeah, I... The only thing I'd say is there's an abundance of women already on land currently, and that that hasn't seemed to do you any favors. So, who knows? Maybe the sea will work, but I I think you might be uh, putting the chicken cart before the horse there. Okay, last one. Here we go. Um, I just needed to get get rid of that before I got emotional about my shortcomings in life. Um, <laughs> okay, my last one for you. Uh, I had I had something written down, but I'm gonna switch it because you said there was something you didn't know if you could pass up. I want to hear you talk about it more. So would you take your silly portal thing if it didn't pop you out on a coastal town? <laughs> so it could pop you in the middle of middle of Africa. Or would you take an ocean full of big 12 blue bombs? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to stick with the portal. Not having a coastal town is a pretty serious flaw. It's like, if you just got stranded in like, you know, the middle of Central Asia and you're, you know, a long ways from the coast and a long ways from home, that would suck. But I think the blue bombs, if you stayed in them for over 60 minutes, have you seen those videos of a tooth decaying in like, in like a bottle of Dr. Pepper yeah. in like a month? I think just the acidity would happen to you within the hour. So I no no interest in the blue bombs. I'll, I'll stick with the portals. That's why you got to drink yourself out. <laughs> no, no, I'd rather stay in. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Did you have any more? Or is that that all we got? No, that's those were the best ones I had. So we let's call it there. All right. Sounds good. That was this or that. I don't know what else I can say. And if you want me to say I fucked up, I fucked up. Right. All right, uh, we're going to get started with our very first NBA segment and first basketball segment of Jack's Fall Trades. Um, so we're really kind of expanding our reach here. Um, but that's because the head coach of the Boston Celtics 
Ime Udoka has been suspended for an entire year for cheating on his spouse with a coworker, a female employee for the Boston Celtics. Um, so very interesting move, suspending him for a year without firing him. And there's not really a whole lot of details out about this. So, you know, it kind of seems like there might be something else going on that, that we just don't know yet. So, so Connor, do you have any thoughts on, on the Celtics coach, Ime? Yeah, I mean... The, the dude just gets after it. I, I think it's one of those where it's it's tough to knock him too much. I think it's more of a decision-making than, than the act itself is kind of the way I'm viewing it. But like you said, not enough details to really assess too much. So we're going to do what we do best on this, and that's speculate. That's, that's ask hypotheticals. So the, the hypothetical I have for you is what jobs would be the worst to get caught cheating on with a coworker? Great. Uh, so my first one for this category is the lead singer of a famous pop band. Uh, this has been the news a little bit recently with Adam Levine. Uh, wasn't a co-worker, but got his, his DMs exposed, um, among other things that were exposed, um, apparently. Um, and then also, you know, you know, famous example of, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Stevie Nicks, what's her band? Um, oh, Fleetwood geez. Mac. Uh, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, you might get a song written about you too, uh, and just live forever in infamy um, for for your infidelity. Uh, so that's my first one. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> your body is fucking absurd. Uh, yeah, electric <laughs> answer there. Uh, didn't have that one on my list, but that was a, a creative way to tie in another little pop culture reference there. Uh, my first answer uh, is a priest. I think, uh, you know, we saw this happen, not necessarily with coworkers, unless altar boys are considered coworkers, but they're more volunteers. But I think, you know, priest with, with the deacon, priest with the secretary, any of these would be, would be a really bad look, uh, both on very public uh, response to it and just the, the high moral standard you're supposed to be held to. So priest is my first answer. Yeah, yeah. Thou shalt not commit adultery, uh, and thou shalt not lose game six in the garden. And Ime Doko has done both, so so bad for the priests. Um, my next one is a divorce lawyer. Um, and, and my reasoning for this is because there's nothing worse than going to a class or a place of work or anything where the people around you are trying to like sell something to you or trying to you know get you to do something. And so if you're caught cheating on your spouse with a coworker, everyone in the office is going to know. And everyone in the office is going to be kind of creepy and be like, hey, you know, you need someone to help you out with the settlement. You need someone to help you out with the, the negotiations. Um, and I think that would just be a terrible, terrible way to go through your day. So my next one is divorce lawyer. Yep. Good answer there. Uh, since since you leaked into my profession, I'll, uh, I'll leak into something that, that you studied, uh, and that is a teacher. Uh, I think it'd be really bad for a teacher. I, along the same line of thought as the priest here, uh, I think it's likely that the students would find out and depending on what, how old the students are, I think that would just be an awful look. Like you'd get the little snarky jokes. Uh, you know, they'd go tell all their parents just that again, the publicity of it. Uh, and then w amongst your coworkers, like you think of the teacher's lounge, right? The coffee in the morning, the lunch break and everybody, all the teachers seem to know each other really well and socialize. And so I think it would make the, the workplace awkward as well. Yeah, and I don't know if this was the case for your high school, Connor, but at mine, I know we always had rumors and like little suspicions like, oh, like you think these two teachers are getting together or they're kind of flirting. And so for that to actually come out and be true, I think it would just be game over for you. So I like that pick. Absolutely. Yep. 
Uh, my next one, we're kicking it up a notch here a little bit. Uh, my next one is a stay-at-home mom or dad. Pretty self-explanatory there. Uh, I think the, the problem here would be the people you're working with um, probably are related to you. And uh, that's, you know, I don't think I need to elaborate anymore. I was uh, I was wondering if you were going with self pleasure or uh, or incest there, and you you chose the incest route. Um, Always, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I had one that was that was uh, self pleasure, and that's just any one man shop. Um, get caught get caught cranking one out uh, with you don't have any coworkers, um, but I I think that would be a tough one to go. So yeah, nice, nice. Uh, my next one, kind of similar here. Uh, I'm going to go with dog walker. Again, not related, but you're just working with some animals there. Uh, I don't know if we, we might need to check the explicit box on the, on the <laughs> uploading of this podcast. Um, your mind is in a terrible place right now. I'll go with, uh, with my next one, though, and that is a dental assistant. Uh, I, I initially was going to go dentist, but I went dental assistant, and, and here's why. The first reason is it's just gross, right? I, I would always imagine the dental assistant with the dentist, like playing with the equipment and all the stuff that goes in your mouth. There's a lot of, you know, physical hesitations with that. It's pretty disgusting. But the reason I chose dental assistant is because if I find out that the assistant is cheating with the dentist, that might mean that they're not really good at their job. You know, they're, they're, they're in the position they are because of some other reasons. And when you think about a dental assistant, they're the one that's doing all the work, at least in my experience. They examine your teeth. They clean your teeth. They do all this. And then the dentist just comes in and says, looks good, and walks away. So I've got dental assistant. Yeah, and just what are the repercussions for your teeth if the dental assistant's sleeping around with, with the dentist? Exactly, exactly. All right. Uh, my last one here, uh, going to go back to the well a little bit, uh, but I'm going to say Queen of Westeros. Um, and this is going back to that walk of shame I alluded to earlier with with Harrison Mavis. Um, I think, you know, that's what she got caught doing, right, was was um, cheating on her, I guess, now dead husband. But spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, I just don't think that walk of shame would be an enjoyable experience. And so uh, if you can avoid that, uh, I would recommend it. Yep. Good answer again. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap it up with my last one and I've kind of got three different ones here, but they're all in the same, uh, line of thinking. And that is a coal miner, a construction worker and a sailor. Uh, and there's two main reasons. One, these are male dominated professions. Uh, just, just take that for what you wish. Uh, but the second part is all of these professions are, you know, real guy shit talk, locker room talk. You know, you would never hear the end of it. You'd just be getting, you know, abused by the guys, uh, you know, down in the mines or, uh, and abused was a, I saw your face light up when I, when I used that choice of words. So you can, uh, you can lock in the explicit check mark for this one. Uh, but, but that was all I had. Did you have any more? No, that was it for me. So, uh, there you go. That, that's what you come here for. Start with NBA talk end with, uh, with banging dogs as your, as a dog walker. So that will, uh, that will wrap it up for this segment. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit 
and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Okay, and kind of our miscellaneous sports roundup here. Uh, we had a lot of miscellaneous sports over the weekend. We had the President's Cup uh, for golf and the Laver Cup for tennis. So President's Cup, uh, the United States dominated the international team. Uh, and in the Laver Cup, the team world beat team Europe. So that was the Americans and uh, and anyone outside of Europe. The first time they had ever won that. But the real news coming from that was Roger Federer retiring. Uh, an emotional moment with him and my, my boy Rafael Nadal playing doubles together. Uh, really cool weekend, cool events for both of them. But it got Tyus and I talking, and all we could think about was what would the world be like in a place where we replaced wars with sports battles? Uh, and so the way we're kind of going to go through this is we are going to each give our power rankings of the continents if this is the way the world was. So, Tyus, what are your power rankings of continents if wars were handled by sports? Awesome, yeah. And I'm just going to give you the seven listed, and then I'll let you give your list, and then we can kind of go, go back and forth. Um, so, one, North America. Two, Europe, three, South America, four, Africa, five, Australia, six, Antarctica, seven, Asia. Okay. All right. I had as well, North America, number one, then Asia. So your last one, <laughs> then Europe, then Africa, then South America, then Australia, then Antarctica. So okay. should we jump where the most disparity was right away and, and talk about Asia? Why, why are they last on your list? Yeah, so I, so I broke it down to some pros and cons. And so I think the main thing is, is I'm thinking is like China, as, as you know, generally dominates Olympic sports. I mean, other than the, the U.S., I think they're always near the top. Um, but my thing is, if, if we're all combining these sports and taking all the athletes uh, um, from different, different sports, you know, the ones that are doing the money-making sports, like, you know, the NBA players, the NFL players, you know, if they transition and start participating in the Olympic sports, um, I feel like that might swing the tide a little bit. And, and the people that are as dominant as the Olympic sports, like it's the classic handball debate. If, if you took uh, the best NFL quarterbacks and had them play handball at the Olympics, would they win without any experience? And like, I think yes. Um, uh, and then my last reason is, have you ever tried to do anything remotely athletic after eating Chinese food? Um for me, that just never ends well. Um, so, so that's that's why I had them near the bottom. I think the Asian food con definitely holds the most merit out of those. Um, you know, I had a lot of pros on my list. First and foremost, the rule of numbers. A ton of people, I think, you yeah. know, it, depending on what sports are being played, might be able to find some there. Uh, then two, they're very disciplined people in Asia. Um, you know, they listen to commands. I think if if you had a, a good dictator uh, at the helm. Uh, they, they would follow the, the lead and, and be disciplined. And then my, my last pro for them is that, you know, depending on the officiating, if this is street rules, I think the Viet Cong would, would really <laughs> would really show out in any battles that we had. So that's why I had them higher on my list. What does that have to do with officiating? <laughs> uh, I think if there was officiating, some of their, their tactics might, might get, get some whistles, some flags thrown on them. But if we're playing street ball pick up in, in the in the neighborhood, uh, they're gonna win. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair I had Europe as number two, so I think we're both high on them. Um, you know, I had, you know, lots of NBA players, soccer, tennis, and golf, they're all really great at. Um, 
So, I, and I think the other big thing for me with Europe is that I think Switzerland would obviously be the refs if we were doing something like this. Um, and it'd just be nice to have the refs on your side. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And like, I totally agree. Very talented, very uh, successful athletes have come from Europe. The only reason I had them knocked down was that I think, uh, I think France would find a way to lose. This is a, a war after all. It's a battle. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't keep them at, at number two with France as part of the continent. So... That literally my only con for Europe was just France. Uh, so yeah, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, yeah, I think we, we each had North America one this weekend kind of proved why we just dominate. Uh, there, there's not really a lot to be said about that. I had Africa as my number four. Uh, I think you may have as well, or you had South America, but for yep. Africa, I, I just thought, you know, raw athleticism. Yeah, I had, um, yeah, my two notes for Africa. I, I thought they were like, yeah, very solid middle of the pack. Um, I had distance running and NBA players. Um, and I think that's those are their key comparative advantages over the other the other um continents that, that fell below them. Um so yeah, right in the middle of Africa. Awesome. And you had South America ahead of them, correct? Yeah, I had South America three. Um and so I guess I kind of looked at just like the wealth of sports and and you know where people really excel in, in different ways so when i think of south american sports i think soccer i think beach volleyball i think manage nobly um and that's just an incredible lineup right there and i think especially um beach volleyball i don't know if any of the other continents are even to come close to them at that um and in terms of just sports that are cool beach volleyball is at the top of the list. Uh, my only con for South America was that there are lots of former Nazis that moved to Argentina and we kicked their ass in the 1932 Olympics. So, so that might, might hold them back a little bit, but otherwise uh, I was high on South America. Yeah. I shared a lot of the same sentiments. I, I had their biggest con is just size. Uh, and this is something that Asia, you know, would have to overcome as well, but they've proven it. You know, they have Yao Ming. Uh, and so I'm sure there's an, a lot of other, <laughs> Uh, people from Asia that could fill fill the fill the gaps there. Um, can you think of any very tall, large South Americans? Mm, I, I let me think. I mean, can you think of any large, tall Asians other than Yaming? Uh, no, but you really just need one. You can't have five sinners running around out there. Uh, so, but, what if he gets winded? Uh, spell him and go small ball. Run on him. That's what the disciplinarian's for. But yeah, I, I think South America, like you said, I hadn't accounted for beach volleyball. I said they would, they'd be really good at soccer, uh, but might just be too small for some of the other sports. Uh, but beach volleyball, the, uh, the behinds on some of those women is one thing that is not too small. I will, uh, I'll give you that. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> I see Australia, we were both low in Australia. Why, why did you have them low? Yeah, you, know, you just don't hear about them that much. Number of people. That was a big reason I had Asia high. It's a reason I have Australia low. Yeah, yeah. My notes on Australia were is this, they feel like your classic kid from school that's super jacked and like strong. So like, oh, this guy's going to be an incredible athlete, but then just has no coordination and like can't catch a ball, can't shoot a basketball. So so no no use on that the actual athletic field. Um, so yeah, I feel like Australia should be good at sports because of kind of you know the rough and tumble they're living out on uh, on the outback, you know fighting all these giant animals and spiders and snakes, surfing and stuff. Um, but I don't know, yeah, like you said, you never really hear about them outside of swimming and aquatic sports. And Navy is just one-fourth of the military, so yeah, I, I have them low. I honestly don't 
know how that was such a fitting description of Australia when it comes to sports. Uh, it, it's spot on. I really had like no notes on them other than other than what I said. Uh, and I think the only one we haven't talked about is Antarctica, another one that I had almost no notes on, but just not one thing about them makes me think that they would be able to compete. So the only thing I have for them, because I had them at six, is that uh, you always hear about, you know, cold weather football teams having a home field advantage. And like, you don't want to go in Lambeau in the middle of January and, and play the Packers. Uh, and I can't think of a place for that to be more true than Antarctica. So just showing up on that frozen tundra. Uh, I don't think anyone's beaten the three scientists that live there um, at any games. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't take, uh, you know, the home field advantage, the 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 off the field factors into it. I was just thinking about the athletes that would be out there uh, competing and not some of the other factors. So uh, I think that was good discussion. And uh, any other thoughts on kind of this world of sports uh, settling wars? Uh, the only thing I think, uh, aside from, you know, the lack of death, that would be good that would come out of this. Um, probably more importantly was that with military technology invested into sports, we might actually get replay systems that finally work, um, which I think would be a boon to society. Yeah. Yeah. That would be huge. The only other thought I had was, uh, that I genuinely think this would have a positive effect on just society and politics. Uh, I think there are probably... 25 football coaches in the United States that would make, you know, better presidents than we've had in the last 20 years. Um, and so I, I think just sports guys are the people's guys. Uh, and so, you know, if you're thinking about who's going to win wars, you're going to want a sports guy at the helm. And I think that's who, who society should have run them in the first place. Yeah. And the other thing, the last thing I want to think about is like, just from a fan's perspective, how awesome it would be to like tailgate. Oh, the North America versus South America melee, you know, at Panama Canal, six o'clock and like, just like the rivalry chance that, you know, you get going on with just sports today, just expand that to a world level. And like, you know, people shooting off flares and stuff. Uh, I, I, that would be electric. Yeah. And having, having Jim Nance, uh, <laughs> give you, give you the play by play or whatever, instead of Anderson Cooper, whatever it may be, you know, there's a lot of perks here. So, uh, you know, whoever's listening out there, uh, big military, uh, just take this take this under consideration. Well, if you like chocolate cake um, and you eat a piece uh, and then you have one dangled in front of your face, you're probably going to want to eat that too. Not much is going to stop you. So, I mean, that's how that's how you feel about the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, uh, that, that is the chocolate cake with the ultimate frosting. And then uh, you, you need to – you're going to try to go get it if you can. You know, that's – Okay, we're gonna get things started with some NFL Week Three talk. Um, a lot of surprising games, a lot of boring games this week. Um, but of those surprising games, perhaps the most surprising was the Chiefs losing to the Colts after they've gotten onto just an atrocious start, uh, tying with the Texans, losing bad Week Two. Um, but then they turn it around, come from behind, win. Matty Ice, ice in his veins, does it to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So Connor, uh, as a Chiefs fan, how are you feeling today? Yeah, so it was a brutal weekend. We already talked about Mizzou, uh, and it felt like I just watched the same game twice. Uh, lose 17-20, to 20, felt like the better team the whole time, felt like we were in control the whole time, but just couldn't get points on the board, couldn't separate uh, this, ourselves, couldn't get a big enough lead. Uh, just going to go through some things here. So muffed punt on the very first drive. Uh, Sky Moore muffed the punt. Colts got the ball at the four-yard line, touchdown. Uh, then we had a missed extra point, a missed field goal a failed fake field goal, 
and similar to Mizzou's offsides, uh, we stopped them on third down on their last drive. Chris Jones gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for talking shit to Matt Ryan. Uh, they go on, score a touchdown, and, and that, that seals the game for them. So it was one of those where it was just everything that could go wrong did go wrong, felt just like Mizzou. Um, not too worried uh, long term. It seems like the Chiefs always have a game or two like this every year where it's just the things don't go the right way. And when you think about it, uh, I like to be an optimist. I can do this about the Chiefs because they've proven they're capable. Uh, I'd rather have all these mistakes come in one game get them all out of the way, and then hopefully be be on the right path. Hopefully Butker's coming back this week and some of the special teams' woes will will go away. The only lingering thing uh, that, that gave me a little bit of concern was, I don't know if you saw at the end of the first half, Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy got into a little little fisticuffs, not really, but with, with their words. Uh, Andy Reid had to come separate it. I listened to like all the post-game interviews about this. Naturally, they all tried to defuse it and just say, you know, Mahomes wanted to, to go try to score before the half. enemy wanted to, to get in uh, and just, just take what they had. And so it doesn't seem like a big deal, but we, we saw it in the AFC Championship last year at the end of the half uh, with, with the fourth down play to Tyree Kill that didn't get the touchdown. Uh, and then we didn't score after that. There were a lot of offseason chatter and articles about the relationship being being broken. So just like a little bit concerned about that, but... One thing I've learned about these Chiefs is that enemy is not the reason that we've we've gotten to the places we've gotten. It's Andy Reid drawing up the plays, and it's Patrick Mahomes executing him. So hopefully that won't be a concern, but but that's kind of my insight on it. Yeah, and- yeah. Hopefully the plays are the only thing Patrick Mahomes is executing uh, in the future. But I think yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it's it's something to be worried about long term. Yeah, so we'll see on that. Uh, the Eagles, though, one of just a, a couple 3-0 and teams. Uh, what are your thoughts on them after week three? Yeah, I, I mean, still feeling pretty high on them. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I think the commanders really stink. So I don't think this game means a whole lot other than, you know, it proves that we're not going to sink to the level of our competition. Uh, but I think the big takeaway is it was a Carson Wentz revenge game. And he already just tries way too hard in, in all of his games. And, you know, he's running, he's flailing, he's trying to make plays out of nothing. Um, and so, you know, he was going to be trying extra hard against his old team, the Eagles. And you could just tell that the defensive line was pumped to beat up on him. Uh, I think they got nine sacks over the course of the game, um, five or six in the first half, which is just crazy. Five or six is a lot for a game in itself. Um, so, you know, they've just spent like the four years he was on the team every day in practice knowing that they could sack him, but they weren't allowed to hit him. Um, and so this is just, just a cathartic release for them, and, and boy, did they. Um, and the only other takeaway I had was Devontae Smith. Um, I know I mentioned Darius Slay was my favorite player last week, but Devontae Smith is really my favorite player uh, ever since we drafted him. I loved him at Alabama. Uh, obviously, how could you not? But like even before he was a Heisman, um, and I, he's just, I, I was so glad when we drafted him, and he is just a machine. Um, so love Devontae Smith expect that to continue um so yeah feeling great yeah yeah i'm envious of you uh you know only a couple teams three and i was hoping to be the chiefs but yeah the eagles look good uh and so i think we can move on to our next little nfl segment here and that is uh something we started last week and i think we both enjoyed and you're going to keep doing and that is the least surprising surprise so tyus what was your least surprising surprise of week three for you uh, my least surprising surprise was the Chargers having bad injury luck. Um, it happens every year. Uh, people think, people say, the media 
says, oh, watch out for the Chargers this year. They have a great roster. They just have had some bad luck last year. Games haven't gone their way. But really, they've got a complete team that's that's going to contend. Um, and then we saw it this week. Uh, their left tackle, Slater, tore his bicep. Uh, Joey Bosa, I think, got hurt. Um, I don't know exactly what the extent of his injury was. Um, and then, obviously, Justin Herbert's dealing with some stuff. And so I think... I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm getting a little tired of people just like coronating these teams and these players before they've ever actually done anything. Uh, and I feel like the Chargers were a common pick to, you know, be, be in the Super Bowl even this year, um, or be in contention. And they haven't made the playoffs in how many years? Um, Herbert's been, and that's with Herbert being great. That's with the same coach. That's with obviously the defense is much improved, but I don't know. I feel like we're just quick to be like, Oh yeah, because there's this hype surrounding the Chargers. They've already accomplished everything that we think they're going to accomplish. Um, and the fact of the matter is they just haven't. Um, so least surprising surprise is that things are going wrong for the Chargers, and it's somewhat out of their control. Yeah, I think Jalen Guyton tore his ACL too, one of their, their wide receivers deeper on the depth chart. So, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's something they're having to deal with, and it seems you know not quite too surprising. So very fitting for this segment. Mine uh, is is another injury-focused, uh, least surprising surprise, and it's kind of twofold, but it happened on the last play of the week, Sterling Shepard tearing his ACL in, uh, in the last play there in the Giants-Cowboys game. Uh, it's, surpri- it's not surprising surprise to me for two reasons. One, it's Sterling Shepard. He always does this where it's, you know, one great week early in the season and then just injured for the rest of it. Uh, and the other one is MetLife uh, Stadium, MetLife Field in New York. There's just been turf monsters everywhere. Uh, people give it a lot of shit, injuries everywhere. So the combination of Sterling Shepard and MetLife Field, I was shocked it lasted till the fourth quarter. Uh, but we, we got the injury nonetheless. So, yeah. that You, that, you sound like a disgruntled fantasy owner right there with Sterling Shepard. I, uh, I traded Sterling Shepard away at the beginning of the season. I've gone through it too many times to, to not expect it here. So, yeah, a bona fide least surprising surprise for me. But we can move on now to our season total showdown. Uh, one AFC team, one NFC team. Cowboys back-to-back wins since you you done chained them there in week one, but uh, Tyus, who are you taking for week three? Uh, yeah, I'm getting a little nervous about the Cowboys because uh, I think Dak's gonna come back at some point, and so they're treading water very well. Um, I don't think the Giants are that good, so I'm still feeling okay, but nervous for sure. Uh, so this week, uh, my ASC team is the Jaguars over six and a half wins. Um, they're already at two. And granted, those teams haven't been that great. I think they beat the Colts um, and the Commanders. Or, yeah. No, they lost to the Commanders. They beat the Colts. And who did they beat? The Chargers this week? Yep. Um, yeah, okay. And so, you know, Trevor Lawrence looked like he might be back to being Trevor Lawrence. Um, Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning coach, uh, I would like to add. Um, so, you know, maybe they got some mojo going. And, you know, six and a half wins is really not that much, especially playing in the AFC South. But they're playing the Colts twice a year. They're playing the Texans twice a year. Um, so I'm taking them over six and a half wins. My NFC team, uh, going to go back to some Eagles talk here. Uh, I'm taking the Commanders under eight and a half wins. Under eight and a half wins. Um, I was kind of shocked that their total was that high. Um, and I think the NFC East is going to be better than it has been. Obviously, the Eagles look great. The Giants have a couple of good wins. Um, so I still don't think they're that good, but maybe better than the Commanders and the Cowboys have shown that they can survive this tag injury. Um, I don't see the commanders touching 500, so I'm taking the under for them. 
yeah, yeah, Jaguars have looked promising. I like that pick. Uh, and yeah, Commanders haven't shown enough. So so no uh, no qualms with those picks. Mine for the AFC, I, I realize both, all four of my picks through the first two weeks have been overs. So, you know, not every team can hit the over. I decided this would be my week for correction. Uh, and for the AFC, I'm taking the Steelers under seven and a half. Uh, they're one and two right now. They've got a pretty tough schedule. I think the AFC North is solid. And I just don't think that they're going to get to eight wins. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is is just not the kind of guy that's going to go out and get you wins. So they're going to have to be grinding uh, everything out. And I don't think uh, they'll be able to grind out seven more. And for the NFC, I am also taking an under. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're actually better with Jimmy G, but their offense has just not looked like the offense we thought it would be. Um, and they've lost to some bad teams. They already lost to the Bears. And so... I just don't think they're gonna they're gonna squeak out ten more wins. They'd have to go ten and four again in a pretty difficult conference. So, uh, conference and division. So yeah, under on the Steelers and the Forty ers for me. Yeah, yeah, I like both those picks. Um, and I think you know Forty ers they should have won that game, but the Broncos have not impressed me lately. So yeah, I, I think they're both good. Awesome. Well, I think that wraps up NFL talk, uh, and we will move on to our three bets segment. Fucking crazy, but I can't turn down free money. You got a bit. Okay, time for three bets. Uh, to recap last week quickly, uh, my lock of the week: Syracuse minus nine and a half. Uh, they were up sixteen nothing at half, and then almost blew the game, barely squeaked out a win. Uh, but Tyus faded that one, so he gets that. And then I hit my last two with the Ravens minus three against the Patriots and then the Falcons plus two. So I went two and one yet again. Tyus goes three and oh, fading the right pick. Uh, Tyus, how's it feel? Uh, feels pretty great. And I know you you had that as your lefty lynch lock of the week last week uh, for Syracuse. So I'm going to change that to your loser lynch lock of the week. Uh, and that's all I got for you. Yeah. And you know what, Tyus? I, I've just had a tough time here this week. <laughs> I'm four and oh, or four and two in these these picks. That's pretty good. And I'm doing all the work. I'm I'm looking at the lines. I'm trying to figure out what I'm gonna do. And you just sit there and you tail and you fade and you're six and oh. So that pisses me off. But what really gets under my skin is I've got all these listeners coming at me in my text messages, DMs, group chats, and they're giving me shit for, you know, missing the lefty lynch lock of the week. They're um same time, they're praising you. And so, you know, I just want the people out there to, to take a step back, realize, one, I'm four and two, and Tyus here isn't doing anything. He's just picking willy-nilly. Uh, and so, you know, maybe we should flip the script one of these days and let Tyus come up with the bets. Uh, but we'll save that for another time. Yeah. yeah, I'm not doing anything but winning, baby. So, so bring it on. Uh, I'm ready for whatever. All right. Well, we are going to get into uh, the three bets for this upcoming week. Uh, the first one, only college football one of the week, is Oregon State plus 10.5 at Utah. So, you know, I didn't, USC's one of my favorite teams to bet on. I bet on them last week, uh, but I didn't make them a pick last week because they were going up against Oregon State, another team I like a lot. Uh, I know Utah was a preseason uh, juggernaut, but I think 10.5 points is a lot. Uh, Oregon State fought tough with USC, so I'm taking them. Tyus, you're going to tailor fade. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
just talking and, and thinking about this now is a lot of work. I'm, I'm a little tired. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make this pick. Um, but I think, I think I'm going to tail you on this. Uh, ten and a half points is a lot. I think Utah's style of play um, doesn't lend itself to blowing teams out a lot. Um, and so if Oregon, I think Utah will win. But if Oregon State can just keep it close, um, I, I think they can. So, yeah, I'll tell you. All right. Bet number two. Uh, we've got three road dogs this week, by the way. Three road dogs. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals plus one and a half at Carolina going up against the Panthers. Um, Cardinals have been struggling a little bit to get going. Panthers just haven't looked good. Um, I think Cardinals are the better team, better talent, so I'm going to take them. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't believe the Panthers are favored in this game. That's That might be a rat line. Um, but I'm, I'm going to tell you on this one, too. Uh, just because I think the Panthers are really bad. Um, and the only thing that gives me pause here is Baker versus Cliff Kingsbury. They had that awesome game back in college where Baker threw for like 800 yards. Patrick Mahomes was on Texas Tech, I think. Um, so I don't know. I'm trying to remember who won that game. I think Oklahoma did. I might be talking myself into a fade. You know what, actually, rat line, that game, I'm fading you here. Give me, Give me the Panthers. All right, all right. Well, uh, yeah, that's a, that's some good logic there. You do put in hard work for these. Uh, last <laughs> bet of the week, uh, I'm taking, I think this is the Monday night game, I'm taking the Rams plus two and a half at the 49ers. Not much to be said. Coaches that know each other well, uh, 49ers always put up a good fight, but kind of the same line of thinking. I think the, the Rams have been a little slow out the gate, uh, and so I think this line is closer than it should be. Yeah, the only thing is I think the 49ers need this win more. Um, and so I'm going to split the script here. I'm going to go one and two uh, and just kind of prove myself. And, 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 you know, the people that are saying I'm riding your coattails and just switching it up at the right the right time. Um, you know, I think Connor's in his head. I think he's trying to do too much like Carson Wentz does for the commanders like we talked about before. And he's trying to prove to people that he knows what he's doing in the indies bets. So I'm fading you here. I think the 49ers need this win more. I still think they're a good team. Uh, Jimmy G got them to the, the NFC Championship last year. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fade you. Give me the Niners. All right. And I didn't want to say it beforehand because I thought it might sway your decision. But Arizona Cardinals are the lefty Lynch lock of the week. So Cardinals <laughs> against the, the Panthers. You faded it. We'll see what happens this time. But that is three bets. Okay, uh, this week's movie segment. So we're going to do what we did in our first episode uh, and start off with a hypothetical. So as we go through this, you know, feel free to, to think about what movie we might be talking about. Uh, and then at the end, we'll, we'll unveil the movie that the hypothetical is supposed to be addressing. So this week, Tyus, the hypothetical is if you found out your boy hooked up with an alien, would you be happy for him or would you be a little bit disappointed? Yeah, I, I love this question. Um, I think the first thing that comes to my head is it's got to depend on how good looking the alien is. Um, because if the alien's really hot, uh, then I might be a little jealous. And I don't know how that would affect the, the friend dynamic. So um, I don't want it to be a too attractive alien, but it still does have to be an attractive alien. Because uh, you know the age old saying, what starts out as ET can quickly turn into ED if you're not careful. So, so I want my boy taken care of. Um, but I think the other main question is uh, just do the two species have the capacity to reproduce? Um, and I think that matters because if they do, 
uh, it seems like Mother Nature is going to be on board with the mission, um, in which case I can say, okay, you know, it's perfectly fine, it's normal, out of my hands. But if not, you know, you get like a, a weird, uh, you know, lion and tiger dynamic. And, and I don't know, I don't want to get into that too much. Uh, so so I think if that's, that's the case, then this would be the only time that I would be on board together with a predator, um, besides if Marissa Tomei were to enter the equation. So what do you think here, Connor? Yeah, I think uh, I think the reproduction aspect of it's important too because, you know, maybe your boy's just trying to trying to get a D1 baby out of this. And in that case, I think, you know, who am I to say, you know, don't go get I your bag. You know. Before I really get into my answer, I wanted to just have a quick clarifying question. Are we talking about supernatural aliens or those of the southern variety? <laughs> Oh, geez. Uh, I think you're about to get this podcast canceled, Connor. Uh, I think, you know, uh, you know, I don't think I'm not a huge fan of calling, you know, humans, uh, illegal aliens. I don't think that's a term that should be used really. And so I'm all in favor of people being allowed to come across the border. And then once they come across the border, being allowed to hook up with my friends. So I think either is at play here, but I, I was thinking supernatural. Okay, because if it was the odd other one, I would say green light all the way. That's that's thrilling. So, but to get into the supernatural aliens, I think I would you know assess this the same way I would assess my boy telling me he hooked up with any any woman, and that would be the first question: Can I see her Instagram? You know, this goes to what you were getting at. You know, is she good looking? Is she attractive? Because if if it's some like ET looking alien. I'm probably out on this from the get-go. I would be disappointed. You know, there's so many women out there that if you're going to go for an alien, at least make her, you know, somebody you'd be proud of sharing with your friends. But the second question I would ask is, you know, how did this come about? How did you pull this off? Was it, you know, somebody you met on a dating app or did she come from this UFO and land and it was the craziest night of your life? Did you meet her at her at a bar? And so those are the things that I would be thinking about. <laughs> you know, that's got me thinking, uh, what, what would a dating app look like that has both humans and aliens? What, what do you think we'd call that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Saturn? Put a ring on it? Holy shit, that's pretty good. Do we start this? Do we, do we develop the app? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We could do like... You can set your preferences know. too, you know. I, I'm only into aliens, only into humans open to both yeah yeah you know you could talk about you know set your location to like instead of just you know 30 miles around you'd be you know 30 light years you know 40 light years if you're willing to go long distance yeah yeah i think those are the, the we might be onto something there but yeah you know, when it boils down to it it would just be the same old same old i think aliens are cool no problems with it on its face but i'm just going to treat this like any any other hookup so uh i think that that covers it Rockets only. That's another name. Rockets only for the dating app. <laughs> so yeah, so I think that's a great a great answer uh, from, from you there, Connor. So that's going to lead us to our reveal of this week's movie. Um, this hypothetical leads us to Avatar. Avatar, the re-release hitting theaters. Uh, and very famously, you know, the main character in Avatar through some sort of weird, uh, you know, computer program i don't really understand it's been a while since i've seen it but does get together with an alien and, and has a blossoming romance um so yeah avatars are movies yeah and tyus you know just to touch on it now the way it works is he turns into an alien himself when he's doing this so would that affect affect your opinion of you know if your boy transformed into an alien would that make it all green lights for you 
or is it the thought yeah. that counts? Uh, no, I, I think, I think that that's more green lights and I'd just be, you know, a little concerned why my boy hadn't been doing that same power when we were on the basketball court together for rec sports. Yeah. And also, uh, the alien that he was getting with in the movie, it, it is pretty good looking. So I think, I think she'd pass both of our screening processes, but yeah, I, I, will uh, have to look at this re-release. I thought it was going to be like the avatar two. I think an avatar two is coming out within, a ne- within the next couple of years. So I, I didn't realize that this was just a re-release until recently, but looking forward to, to seeing that and then Avatar 2 coming out here in a year or two. Yeah, that's our movie segment. Our enemies are innovative and resourceful, and so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we. All right, and we are going to get started with our final segment of the day. Um, it used to be called the Mount Rushmore, um, but last week we got an email from a few other podcasts who have used the Mount Rushmore format, and you know they've been listening to our stuff, and they said they love our content, but you know they're afraid that our growing brand is taking over their listeners, so so we're not allowed to call that anymore. Uh, so this new, brand new, crazy idea that we're doing called the Starting Five, where we choose five topics from a given category and try to say. Who's got the best starting five? Um, so we're joined again here with another guest. Uh, this is our friend, Tommy McAndrews, who we've graciously given the first pick in, in the draft for this week's starting five. So, so credit to us for being good guys. But our starting five this week is going to be miscellaneous things at Mizzou. So before we kind of talk about the breakdown, Tommy, would you like to introduce yourselves, yourself, excuse me, big Mizzou guy, take it away, Tommy. Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm honored to be on here. I was just telling the boys I, I was very intrigued what the what the starting five was going to be when they asked me to be on here, but I'm pumped. Love Mizzou. Um, it's going to come up, so I'll just say it. I was I was Truman. I was the mascot at Mizzou when I was here with these boys. So um, love that. And yeah, Mizzou's big big part of my of my life. So I'm pumped to be on here. Pumped to to be a part of this with you guys. Yeah, and, and you know, lucky for you, Tommy. This is just a podcast, so your face won't be on it at all. Uh, and lucky for our audience as well. But we're, we're super happy to have you here and uh, couldn't think of anybody else to, to talk Mizzou with us. So, Tyus, you want to give the breakdown of, of kind of what the rules are for this? Yeah, sure. So we got five different categories. Uh, and as we go through the snake draft, you can take any of these categories in different order. It's not like first round you have to take a scholastic building out of Mizzou, which is one of our categories. You can go go at any, at any rate you please. But the five categories are a classroom or class building at Mizzou. Number two a dining hall at Mizzou. Number three, an athletic building at Mizzou. Number four, a campus celebrity at Mizzou. And number five, miscellaneous. So anything else that's a part of Mizzou's campus, culture, et cetera, you could fit into that last category. So Tommy, as Truman, uh, one of the best tail wavers I've ever seen in my day, uh, you're going to go ahead and, and and wave us on forward and get us started with the first pick of this draft. Uh, yep. Yeah. So one, one, Feel like I'm gonna go a little bit of a of a chalk pick here, but I got gotta get it. Um, so I will be taking uh, Faro Field as my as my number one. Um, I think big reason why. I mean, Mizzou football, love Mizzou football, and and again, being Truman, uh, Faro is my home on, on on Saturdays, and just got to experience a lot of cool things on that field. Um, a lot of heartbreak as well as we know. Um, but yeah, just I gotta go with Faro. That's that was a big part of my my experience at Mizzou. So loved. Loves hanging out at Faro for sure. Yeah, one of the shallower categories there in the uh, the athletic uh, area. So I, I, I like the pick. Uh, 
too many bad memories there. I don't know if I would have taken it, but but uh, I, I get well, that it's close to home. A lot of heartbreak. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like, you know, choosing the place where, you know, you you lost your first tooth or had some traumatic accident as a, as a kid. I don't know why I said lost your first tooth. That's something good. But like, and then you have to keep returning to it and going over and over and being reminded of these bad memories. But I still do it. So that's a credit to you for Pharrell. Uh, good pick, Tom. So I, uh, I've got the second pick here. I'm going to go with uh, with the unique strategy here, and I'm going to start in the miscellaneous category, uh, and I'm taking the columns. The columns don't fit in anything else, uh, but but it's when you think of Mizzou's campus, you think of the columns, uh, the history behind it, the the vibe sitting out on the columns on a, on a nice fall or spring day. So uh, I'd like to see you guys try to knock this one, but I'm taking columns. Can't do it. Won't do it. Let them stand a thousand years. The most unique part of Mizzou's campus. Great pick. Yep, they're on. They're on my list too. Number one on under miscellaneous. So love the pick there, Con. All right, Ty, take it away on the snake. All right, uh, I think that one frees me up a little bit because that was my pick for miscellaneous as well. I'm going to go with a different athletic building just because this is the only one I wrote down. So I want to make sure I get it. Uh, I'm going to go with the Mizzou Rec, uh, and the reason I'm picking this is I think. Just from prestige, like you mentioned the heartbreak, you mentioned the challenges that we've had at Pharrell. Um, tell me another building on campus that's been rated the number one infrastructure in its class um, across the nation by Sports Illustrated. And Mizzou Rec, the number one rec center in 2014, last time Sports Illustrated has um, has done that survey. So so that's a huge credit to Mizzou Rec. And the other thing is uh, they just hire really cute employees. So I want them on my team as well. Yeah, former employee yourself there. Uh, the rec was my number one athletic building. Uh, the pickup basketball memories, uh, the whirlpool basketball hoop too in, in the pool area. And, you know, a lot of people I've heard talk about sometimes it's like pretty cool to watch girls on the stair stepper. But I have no experience there myself, just other people, rumor, rumor mill. Um, so, yeah, good pick. I can't, uh, I can't say that one made it on my list. Um, kind of like you guys were saying with bad memories at Faroe, I never got invited to the, the pickup basketball game, so a lot of heartbreak there thinking of uh, the wreck, so I didn't have it on my list. Uh, yeah, and you never got invited to watch the girls on the stair steppers either, Tommy, so I'd be, I'd be bitter about that too. Um, I'm sure he's heard the rumors, though. <laughs> All right, Tyus, what's your next pick? All right, my next pick, uh, I'm going to go with the campus celebrity, uh, and I'm going to take Harlan the dog. Um, big poofy dog that hangs out in speaker circle vibes are always great. Give him a boop as you're going to class. Um, yeah, I think he's the, the clear number one pick. I, I had forgotten about him. He slipped, slipped under my radar, but I, I do like the pick. Yeah. Harlan was number one on my list. So like, I like the pick that time. Great. Well, Connor, back to you. What's your second pick? Okay. I, uh, I'm going to go with the first dining hall dining establishment and i think it's especially fitting doing this draft with the two of you i'm going to the place where i've spent the most time at probably uh and that is the shack mort's uh they've got the best chicken fingers you're basically like in a sports bar without the beer which is a big big miss of a sports bar um but yeah, it's just a, a, a great place, great memories. And my favorite thing is I would have classes that got out at like 10.15. And it's the end of breakfast, start of lunch at 10.30. And so I could still get the hash browns with chicken fingers on top and syrup. And it would make my day every day. So I'm taking the shack. 
Yeah, I think Tommy looks pretty pretty sullen over there. I think these traumatic memories of him just getting raked over the coals in fantasy football trades there, I, I think he's blocked that out of his head. Dude, I actually had Moritz as my number one, Connor, and when I was looking at this, I legitimately thought, I couldn't remember what year it was, but you and I spent probably in a, an, an unusual amount of time at that place, just hanging out, eating the chicken strips, uh, yeah, making fantasy football trades, so great pick. I love it. It was number one on mine, so... I, love the uh, I think it stands alone too. Some of the dining halls are, you know, kind of cookie cutter, but, but this one, you know, a unique vibe, unique food. So yeah, I'm taking uh, the shack. Yeah. My only knock on the shack is that you can't like use a swipe. You'd have to use the tiger cash. Uh, and I never had the tiger cash, which was sad, but yeah, great pick. All right, Tommy snake it around. All right. I'm going to stay on the trend of, uh, of dining hall and food. Um, I, I've got to go, I've got to go Baja. Baja was, was, dude, I, ties, I know, but living in Hatch, it was right there. It was accessible. It felt like home. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go Baja. Didn't expect that reaction from you, Tyus. Let's hear your thoughts, man. Uh, I need a second to compose myself. Connor, do you have any thoughts? Uh, you know, I thought about it. And but I think the craziest part about Tommy picking this is he was eating it stone cold sober. I love Baja <laughs> when I was drunk, but I uh, did not come on my radar for for just getting good food. Yeah, uh, the only thing is, so I lived in Shures, which was connected to Hatch, and the only thing I can think of is now it makes sense why the bathrooms were, are always under maintenance because Tommy's just house in Baja every day. <laughs> oh, I I can't believe that's your pick. <laughs> Hey, you know, I, I feel like there's some Baja truthers out there, though, that, that might love that pick. So let, let's see what you do with your with your third one, Tom. All right. Let's see here. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go miscellaneous. This is another one that might be a little out there, um, but I'm going Reynolds Alumni Center. Reynolds Alumni Center. I So I, I was on a steering committee. So were you guys. Uh, so spent a lot of time um, at that building and just got to do like a lot of cool events um, with Truman and just and a lot of things at Mizzou. Um, so that's a building that I always uh, felt like was always kind of a cool place to hang out with. And I have a lot of cool memories associated with uh, with Rack. So I got to go. I got to go Rack for miscellaneous. Yeah, I, I like it. I think there's some other options. But again, uh, personally, I think it's a great pick. I think it's a good pick for you. So, yeah, not a lot to say. Yeah, me either. You know, you get to feel a little elite swiping in because uh, not everybody has that access. So, so that's always fun. But yeah, like the big time. Okay, and now it is it is my turn. I am going to go with the first classroom or class building, uh, and I'm going to take a building. I'm going to take Cornell. Uh, I think it is by far the nicest uh, building altogether. They've got like the a cool big lecture hall, and they've got all the labs, computer stuff. Uh, it's in a great location. So yeah, I, 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 none of these classrooms, class buildings really stood out to me, but Cornell was a clear one one for me. So taking that while I can. Yeah, my my favorite thing about printing, uh, my computer for for every reason would never connect to the printers like in the student center at the library. So every time I needed to print something from class, I would just go to Cornell and log into their like desktops they had there, and everything I printed would be be there. So good memories at Cornell. I feel like our our draft board looks eerily similar, Connor, because Cornell was definitely on mine. I spent all my time at Cornell, um, basically once I was like a junior and on. So uh, yeah, one of the best I think buildings, and just yeah, spent a lot of time there. Um, good or bad, but definitely spent a lot of time at Cornell and, and love, love the pick. 
I had one classroom that I really liked, but I think for a full building, Cornell was definitely the the one one. So, Tyus, I think that goes back to you for two picks. Yeah, this is so the world is my oyster here because you guys have already picked all of the remaining categories I have left. Um, but I'm going to go with the miscellaneous one, and I'm going to go with Memorial Union. Um, I think probably the tallest building on campus, and in my opinion, the most you know breathtakingly beautiful. Um, you know, it's a nice gothic architecture, the cool clock at the top, um, World War One Memorial. So you know, just want to show I respect the troops here um, on Jacksonville trades. Uh, but the really the big thing for me with this one um, is that I would walk past it on my way home to my apartment a lot senior year um, and just seeing it at night with kind of the lights shining up at it, just with the moon in the background, um, just always filled me with such, such a sense of awe. So I think it's a great landmark. Uh, Memorial's my pick. I had this as the most overrated option out there. I don't. Ooh. It doesn't do it for me. It, it's not too aesthetically pleasing. Um, it's a boring building. Uh, not a lot of not a lot of stuff happens there, but you know that's just me. I I, I see how you thought it. So okay, <laughs> I think um, I think I, I think it's a good pick. I I know whenever like I would take take friends there that like didn't know about Mizzou. I feel like that was always a place that I had to like take them just because um, of the history and and it is pretty cool. So I'm, I'm with you there, Ty. I said I like the pick. Yeah, and you got Lowry Mall leading up to it too. Just a nice little brick pathway directing your eyes but anyways i digress um so i'm gonna go with my next pick i think i'm gonna go with my dining hall because i don't think either of you will take my classroom pick uh and i'm gonna go rollins um and my reason for rollins here is just kind of the variety so i think rollins has the best buffet of all the buffet dining halls both for lunch and for breakfast uh the pasta line slaps the patty melt you can get slaps the ice cream machine only broken 50% of the time. So I think that's just a clear advantage over the other buffets. Um, and the other thing is dinner time, you get late night Rollins. I feel like, especially being, being a freshman eating at the dining halls, I was coming into college just with an attitude of, oh, my parents would never let me, you know, veg out at night and like eat a full pizza after 11 o'clock. And so just the opportunity to really, you know, go crazy and, and do that. Um, I think that was huge for me. So, so Rollins is, is, is it? Yeah, I had two big notes for Rollins. It was my second food behind behind Mort's in the shack. I had patty melt. That patty melt was gas. I got it almost every time I went. And then the second thing was late night. I remember going out to the bars freshman year, and it would Rollins late night would close at 1. And so we would leave the bar at like 12.40 and just power walk to Rollins to make sure we could get our late night order in before they closed. So, yeah, like the pick a lot. Yeah, late night was was next on my pick, um, on my on my list there. So yeah, I I love the pick. Um, yeah, I, I mean Rollins was good, but I think late night was was definitely would have been would have been the reason that I picked it for sure. Okay, but you had Baja to go So uh, Connor, you next, right? Yep. Yeah. So um, you guys have both taken your athletic place, and I have that and my campus celebrity left. So I'm gonna go ahead and take the celebrity. Uh, and I'm taking Sandy from Plaza 900. Uh, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. It seems like you do by, based off your reactions. But this lady was an absolute gym. Takes your swipes before you go in. Just always smiling. Um, everybody knows her. I just I could have probably just said Sandy, and you would have known who I was talking about. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm taking Sandy from Plaza 900. 
Didn't she retire at, uh, at some point during her career? 2017, she retired. Uh, there was a, a GoFundMe for her for Christmas, and she got the GoFundMe got five thousand uh, <laughs> dollars. Just the most widely beloved human, uh, maybe behind Harlan, but widely beloved human on campus. Dude, yeah, she was nowhere on my radar, but I love, I love that pick. And the minute, yeah, the minute you said her name, I knew exactly who you're talking about. I can picture her right now, just like taking my card and swiping me in. Um, so that's a great, great pick. All right, and then Tommy, your last two picks to round it out. What's it gonna be? Uh, so I feel like campus celebrities. I, I couldn't, I couldn't not say, say my guy Truman. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him if that's cool. I figure he counts. Mm, what do you think, guys? I don't. I like thought about him, and I, and I wasn't sure. Like, would you consider he might be too much of a real celebrity? Like, would you consider, um, okay. like Max Scherzer or like, um, uh, man, I feel like a woman uh, who sings that. Shania Twain. Yeah, she's she went to Mizzou, right? Like, I don't think I'd consider her a campus celebrity either. And I put Truman up where with those there with those guys. All right. I respect it. I respect it. Do you have another one? I do. I do. Um, I'm going to veto kind of, as well. Huh? I'm going to veto that. that All right. Pick All right. All right. Let's, let's do it. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go kind of chalk then. But um, I definitely went hacky sack guy was, was next on my list. I just had Truman and him. But like, I feel like when you're walking through um, speaker circle, especially, and you have some guy telling you that you're going to go to hell. And then you just look over and you see <laughs> hacky sack guy just like having the time of his life. Like you can't be sad walking through there even with all that nonsense going on. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with my, with my guy, hacky sack guy for campus celebrity. Yeah. Just super reliable pick there. And I think the best thing about hacky sack guy is there's always that day in like February where, you know, you get a random 60 degree day and you see hacky sack guy out there without a shirt on. And you just know that like, it's going to be a good day that springs right around the corner. The vibes are getting high on campus. So uh, he's kind of like a barometer of vibes on the Mizzou campus. Sick use of barometer there, Bruiser. That was, that was played, cool. but <laughs> uh, yeah, I had him on my list. My only other note for him was uh, that he's not as creepy as he could be for a guy who spends all day around eighteen-year-old girls without a shirt on. So I think, I think you know, it's, it's a great pick. He's a campus legend. All right, and then last one for you, Tommy. All right, so. I'm down to classroom class building and outside of Cornell, it got pretty, uh, got pretty sketchy there for, for a little bit, but um, I think I'm going to go. And I feel like, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to feel about this pick boys, but I'm going to go engineering building West. And here's, here's why though, Ties, <laughs> here's why it's my first ever class at Mizzou was at engineering building West. Quick little story. I lived at hatch. Like I said, so we were on the opposite side of campus um, and I left 10 minutes before my first class of college. It's about a 20 minute walk. And I walked in there with, uh, with our guy, Dylan, 10 minutes late to my first class ever professor stops in the middle of class and is like, thanks for joining guys. And for like 250 people. And I was literally texting my mom and I was like, I want to come home. Like this is for me. And that all took place in engineering building West. So I'd always thought about that when I drove past there. So it, uh, it made it on the list for me. Yeah. I don't know if I ever had a single class there. Uh, is that the one that everybody talks about how it's like impossible to get around? Like it was like a maze. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been, but seems like again, Tommy just going, going with the soft spots in his heart this draft. I respect it. 
Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if that building was even open when I was a freshman on, on at Mizzou. Um, but I, I think the reasoning's great, and I'm glad you brought up that story because my first class ever was at Memorial Union. Um, so maybe that's why it has such a soft place in my heart. Uh, and I was also 10 minutes late because I walked. I was using my GPS, and I walked back and forth through the archway like three times trying to figure out where the hell is this class, and I just couldn't do it. Uh, so, yeah, maybe maybe there's some commonality there, Tommy. Okay, and I... Uh... All I've got left is my athletic-related building or place, and I'm going to take Stankowski. Um, Some awesome flag football memories, also some heartbreak there. Uh, But it's just like the perfect thing where you don't know what to do today. Uh, You can just go out to Stankowski and and figure something out. I remember like some times where we'd go play Ultimate Frisbee against a bunch of nerds that were out there playing, and they like do it every day, and we would just come up and just dominate them just, you know, out of nowhere. Uh, And also... Didn't happen early. It started at Faroe, but by the time we left, uh, it was also the home of the sorority, like announcing what sorority the the girls rushing were in, and the the watch parties we had there. Those those are some good times too. So I'm taking Stankowski. And don't forget about the miles you ran around the track outside the fields. Uh, yeah, I went on like a stretch there where I ran a couple laps a day for like maybe four days. And the, it's tricky the, when I first time I did it because it's a, a one-third mile loop instead of a quarter mile. And so I was like, damn, I am like really winded after a half mile. But it was two-thirds of a mile, so totally justified. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think Stink is an awesome pick. Stink definitely made my list. Um, I just – yeah, I, I think same thing. A lot of, uh, a lot of flag football and, and other events there that were always a lot of fun. So I like the pick. Okay. Mr. Irrelevant, Tyus, what's your last pick going to be? Last one. So this is my classroom, class building, and I knew none of you guys would take this one. That's why I saved it for the end. But uh, mine is going to be Swallow Hall. A um, couple of reasons for it. Uh, number one, it's the Greek mythology building. Uh, and I got, and I loved, I took a lot of Greek mythology classes. So there's lots of cool like artwork and sculptures around the building, um, which is kind of neat. It's on the quad, which is just the powerhouse of academic buildings, I think. Neither of your picks were on the quad, um, but you get to see the columns. You get to walk around, see people all over. Um, that's the heart of the university. And finally, just uh, the jokes you can make about, you know, I'm going to class and swallow. I think uh, they write themselves, and so that's, that's, that's a huge advantage as well. Yeah, probably the best-named academic building we've got. Uh, I took Art of the Book and Swallow Hall. Uh, and so that, that was my only experience, but yeah, I like the building for sure. I generally don't know if I had a single class at Swallow Hall and I'm not even, can't even be honest with you. I don't even know if I knew that existed until this moment. And I don't know how I made it through four years without knowing that, but I, I love it. I love the reasoning and it's a great pick, Ty. Okay. So, uh, I'll go ahead and give the, the recap. Tommy got Ferro, Baja, the Reynolds Alumni Center, Hacky Sack Guy, and what was your fifth pick there, Tom? Uh, Engineering Building West. Engineering Building West. Okay. And then I had the Columns, the Shack, Cornell, Sandy from Plaza 900, and Stankowski. Tyus had the Rec Center, Harlan the Dog, Memorial, Rollins, and Swallow Hall. So some good picks. Uh, anything that got left off, I think the most glaring is Jesse Hall. That was my second pick uh, for miscellaneous behind the columns. But any other big ones you guys thought we missed? Uh, I had Vag on my list for miscellaneous. I thought that was a big miss. Popping champagne after winning uh, the B-bracket basketball championship. Um, and then I also had 
the Chinese tigers outside of the J school arch. I thought those were pretty cool. And the whole story of getting caught cheating. Yeah, Vag was on my list as well. Then the only other one for a campus celebrity I thought of was the tiger flutist guy outside of Faroe. Uh, yeah. But the, the bad game, the amount of bad games we had made that just like a, he started to piss me off by like my third year at Mizzou. So <laughs> just playing sad songs after we lost, but. Yeah. Classical conditioning there. What did you have, Tommy? Any misses? I think the only ones I can think of, I had, I did have Mizzou Arena on mine. I didn't know if that was going to make it in or not. Um, and then I just had like generally just like the quad. So I didn't even have like, I had as miscellaneous. I just had the quad. Um, because again, that's, that was in a lot of, that was an area I feel like we spent a lot of time and hung out inside the quad, but those were the only ones I can think of really. Awesome. Well, yeah, Tommy, thank you for joining us. Uh, last week's, uh, draft, we had a three-way tie. Uh, you know, we had nine votes, uh, and it was three votes a piece. So, you know, we, we got to encourage more listeners to, to get out there and, and vote on Twitter. Um, but we'll have to see what this, what this, draft leads the first ever starting five yeah thanks for having me on guys it was a lot of fun i'm pumped to be a part of it excited to see the votes uh see whatever i thought sometimes i had too many beers which i gladly do and which i fully embrace automatic still is i liked beer i still like beer automatic still is but I did not drink beer to the point of blacking out. When I was in town, I spent much of my time working out, lifting weights, or hanging out and having some beers with friends. Animal House, Caddyshack, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Working out, lifting weights, too many beers. Automatic, still is. Many nights I worked out with other guys. Maybe it was because I'm an only child and had no sisters. Many of us became friends with students at local Catholic all-girls schools. Amy, or Maura, or Megan, or Nikki. Sometimes I had too many beers, which I gladly do, and which I fully embrace. Working out, automatic. Blacking out, automatic. Catholic all-girls schools, automatic. Still is. 